Well, in November, we started a brand new initiative uh, in the life of the jar called the Community Basket. And the whole purpose of this particular uh, ministry, the goal was to help hurting people in our community to be able to lighten the load a little bit on some of the things that they have to pay for every week that were hygiene items or paper products or cleaning products. So people come in and they get to choose. Um, They get a basket and they walk around. They get to choose five different items uh, that would help them out for that month. And we do it a couple times each month. And a really cool thing, since the beginning of this year, we have impacted 1,987 lives, okay? So uh, very cool to see what God's done uh, with that. And with that, we've distributed over 3,562 items uh, to help with other people. And so God has really uh, blessed this ministry. And um, we need your help. And it's a very simple way. Uh, Each month, we have one item that we ask people to bring. And if you're like, well, where do I find that each time? Well, if you look in your program on the back page uh, in the bottom corner, it says Community Basket Item of the Month. And so for this particular month, uh, it is dish soap. And so uh, if you look there, you'll see dish soap. And we want to encourage everybody just once a month, if you can uh, do more than once a month, great, but just to bring one item, which is some dish soap, and you would take it over to uh, Vanna over here. Do you, we did not know, but we have Vanna right here. Uh, the community basket, there's an uh, actual uh, little cart there, and you can just put that in each time, and that will help uh, many different uh, families. Now, some of you might be interested in like, hey, uh, I'd like to help more financially, or I'd like to be able to learn more about it. And so, uh, or maybe you want to volunteer. Uh, a couple times a month is what we ask. Uh, about three, four hours uh, for you to commit to. But if you'd like to do that, you can do that a couple different ways. One, on your Connect card, um, you can just check the upper right-hand corner, which has a blue box uh, right there in that upper right-hand corner. You just check that, and uh, that'll be a way for us to be able uh, to get connected with you and give you more information, see if you want to volunteer to help. Or you can go on to the JAR app and just click on uh, the box that says the community basket, and it'll go to volunteer, and you can do all of that uh, right in that moment. And I hope that many of you uh, will consider uh, being able to do that, uh, to either volunteer or help in some way. Because this is the truth, folks. Um, And we've said this all the way through the JAR, that small things done with great love will change our community. And we really want to be able to do that uh, that way. And so we need your help. Well, hey, let's uh, pray and then we'll jump into our teaching today. Well, loving God, we thank you so much for placing within a a group of people a a vision as a part of the dream of JAR 2.0 to have a community basket that provides for others. And I pray that there would be many people in our community who would be changed and would experience God's love through these items. I also pray, God, that there would be folks here that would actually sign up today to help volunteer or to make a point each month to bring an item and say, I'm in. Uh, Just, you can count on me. 
And so, God, I pray for that ministry, that you would continue to bless it and impact lives. And, God, now we ask that you would help us to learn how to pray in more effective ways. I invite your Holy Spirit to come right now, God, to move in this place, to soften our hearts. And I pray that you would help us increase our ability to pray in ways that would be more powerful so that your name would be made great and lives would be changed. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, like I said, today we're launching a brand new series on prayer. And the thing is, is that prayer sometimes can be uh, very confusing. And so just as a moment of transparent honesty for every single one of us, uh, if you would, how many of you would say, my prayer life needs a boost, okay? Uh, just raise your hand. My prayer life, I got my hand raised too, it needs a boost. Now, growing up, it was very interesting to me when we would go out to eat at a restaurant, you would see people around a table in the 1970s, that's how old I am, uh, in the 1970s, you, you would see people actually praying. And now we'll take our family out to a restaurant and we'll get ready to pray and, you know, we're kind of like the only ones. And so uh, the question that came to me is what has changed and why don't people pray anymore? Why don't we kind of have great prayer lives? Well, let me give you a few reasons why I think. Here, here's the first one. A lot of people are not really sure how to pray. Uh, they're like, well, what do I say? Do I say it loud? Do I say it real quietly? Do I talk and 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 talk Or do I just talk for a small little period of time? How do I do it? Here's another thing. A lot of us get distracted and we get bored. Boredom sets in when we pray. Okay? Again, just a moment of honesty. How many of you have ever prayed before and been distracted or bored? Raise your hand. Okay. A lot more. And those who didn't raise their hand, what do we call them? Liars. That's right. Because you know you've been distracted. I've seen your faces before um, when I'm praying. So 30 seconds. You know, I can be into a prayer and I can be like, oh, God, I love you. Thank you so much for everything that you do. And, huh. Was I supposed to get milk or was that bread that I was supposed to? And then all of a sudden I'll think, oh, I think there, there needs to be an oil change, but I can't remember which car. And then if I'm outside sometimes, all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, look at that squirrel. That squirrel just, you know, like went right across. And, and I'm totally distracted by what's around me. Here's the third thing. A lot of us think uh, our requests are too small for God. I mean, if God is so big and so great and there's like 7 billion people in the world, I mean, my little thing that I have right here, I mean, it's really not that big a deal. It's such a little thing that I don't, you know, want to bother him with it. And so our requests for God tend to be pretty small or we don't bring anything to him. Here's another reason why I think we don't pray sometimes is that we think to ourselves our prayers will not really make a difference. I mean, the reality is that God already knows everything anyways. He, he knows everything. He knows what we're going to say, and He can change anything that we do pray about. Then what's the use of praying? I mean, last time I prayed, He didn't answer what I asked Him for. And so, you know, I just don't think my prayers 
are making a whole lot of difference. And then what happens is we just kind of go into prayer with kind of a half-hearted kind of mentality, or eventually we simply kind of become non-existent in our prayer lives at all. So today, what I want to do is I want to build a foundation of what prayer is. Next week, we'll talk about uh, when our prayers are unanswered, and the last week, we'll talk about uh, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' Prayer. So you'll want to come invite people. But today, I want to talk about the foundational big idea of a definition when it says, what is prayer? This is it. And this is your first fill-in. It'll come up on the side screen. It says this, prayer is simply communicating with God. That's what prayer is. It's simply communicating with God. It's just talking to God and listening to Him, just like you would your best friend, because the reality is God longs to be your best friend. Now, now maybe uh, nobody other than Jesus in the New Testament understood the power of prayer and the significance of prayer more than a guy in the Old Testament in the second half of the Bible, a guy by the name of David. Now, uh, the Old Testament is the first half of the Bible, and David tells some stories there. And one of the stories we find out is that he's just a shepherd when one day God comes to him and says, now you're going to be a king. And David gets excited about that, but the time from being a shepherd to a king He actually has another king in office who is coming after him named Saul. And he's so worried and anxious, and so he starts praying to God. And he starts having a relationship with him. And he has this huge prayer life, so much so that there's a book right in the middle of the Bible. If you open your Bible up to the very middle, called Psalms, which is basically a whole bunch of different prayers and songs to God, many of them, most of them, that David wrote of prayers, prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of confession, prayers of worship. So what I want us to do is look at one of these prayers in Psalm chapter 5, and this is David, and this is how he prays. David prays, give ear to my words, O Lord. He's like, okay, God, please listen to me. I, I, I need you to hear me. I, I need you to listen to me. I want to talk to you. Then he goes on to say, listen to my prayer for help, my king and my God, for to you I pray. Now here, David is not talking about some far-removed God who is like, way far away out in the cosmos somewhere that we can't connect with, but he's praying to him as if he is a close, personal friend, someone who is closely connected to him in an intimate way. And so he says, consider me, God. Listen to me. Listen to my cry. You are my king. And then in verse 3, he says this, and it's very beautiful. He says, in the morning, O Lord, what does God do? He hears my voice. God hears your voice. Every time you call out to him, 
he hears your voice. The sustainer, the creator of everything, with over 7 billion people, every time you call out to him, he hears your voice. In the morning, God, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you. And then what does David do? What's he do? What's the scripture say? He waits, but he just doesn't wait. What does he He waits in what? Expectation. In other words, he's waiting, but it's expectantly that God is actually going to do something. I've seen you do things before, God, and so you're so good and you're so faithful, I know you'll do something again. God, I, I know you're going to do something. I'm just not sure what it is. Um, I mean, maybe you'll do exactly what I'm asking you to do, or, or maybe you'll do something even better than I'm asking you to do, or maybe you'll change the circumstances that I'm in, or maybe you'll change me in the midst of what I'm going through. I know you're going to be faithful to respond to my prayers. And so he says, give me ear to my prayers, O God. I'm leaning into you. I'm giving this to you and I'm waiting. But I'm not just waiting, but I'm waiting expectantly because I know you're going to do something. Now the reality is most of us did not grow up like this. Many of us did not have this kind of personal, intimate relationship like David did with God. And so we have many different perspectives of God. Some of us, quite honestly, are afraid of God. Others of us aren't sure he always listens. Some of us debate if maybe he even exists. Now think about this, though. If you're a parent, and not all of us are, but if you are a parent, You have the blessing of having some very close, intimate moments with your kids. But each child, wouldn't you say that those moments are different? Those of you that are parents, right? Each of those moments are different. So I have two daughters. One is uh, my oldest daughter, Jordan, who is 10 years old. And on Wednesday, she turns 11. Please pray for me. And generally, the closest I am to Jordan is 9.30 at night. We put her to bed, and she's like, hey, Dad, can we cuddle a little bit? And so we cuddle in her bed, and then all of a sudden, she just is like, blah, 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 blah. And she tells me about her day and what she's thinking and all kinds of stuff, and we pray together, and that's the moment. Now, my youngest daughter, Shiloh, is uh, nine And when it's time to go to bed, I want to go to bed. Don't talk to me. You don't have to do anything. Just get in there, say a little prayer, and I'm out. So with Shiloh, the way she likes to be closest to me is she likes to go on walks. And she'll come up and she'll go, Daddy, can we go on a walk? And so she and I will start taking a walk, and she'll take her little hand, and she'll lift up, and she always wants to hold my hand, and we hold hands, and then all of a sudden, these big things, these big questions that she has, and the closeness between the two of us unfolds. Folks, we connect in different ways. 
And if we do that as parents, doesn't it make sense that we would relate differently to God? That each one of us connects with God in different ways. You don't always have to be on your knees, by your bed, with your hands kind of, you know, clasped together going, oh God, that's not it. For some of you, maybe you like to sing. You're a great singer. You could sing your prayer to God and, and it would be great. Some of you can't sing a lick. And God, the first time he hears you, is probably going to be like, don't sing the prayers, you know. Like, find another way, whatever it is. Uh, for me, I, I can't sing, so I journal. I, I write things down. Maybe for others of you, you know, you're a typist or, you know, those of you addicted to your phone, you just have that one thumb, you know, it's like this. One day your thumb's going to just fly off. I just want you to know that. One day it's going it's to be gone. But maybe that's the way that you do it. For others of you, maybe you have to be doing something. So my wife, she prays a lot while she's working around the house and she's doing things and she's praying to God. Or if you're out doing yard work, maybe that's where you connect the most with God. Or maybe you're a morning person. You know, you just love the morning. You can't wait till the morning. The morning comes and you see the sunset and you're like, oh God, you know, it's so beautiful. It's wonderful. Now, the reality is you're here at 1045 and you didn't come to the nine o'clock. So you know what that tells me about most of you? You ain't morning people. You despise the morning. It was everything you do, could do to get here at 1045. And you had five fights and people were upset. And someone spit on somebody. And, you know, it was like just nastiness. And so what you do later on tonight when it gets dark, you'll be like, oh, God, thank you so much for night, you know, and, and for the moon and for the stars and that kind of thing. Folks, this is the point that I want to make, is that some of you this morning, the best thing you could do is break out of your preconceived ideas of what it means to pray to God. And that you wouldn't be so worried about the formula or what you think someone else does or what you read about, but that you simply would start communicating with God yourself. So, for the rest of our time, what I want to do is I just want to share with you Four simple ways of how you can communicate, how you can talk with God. And then over the next two weeks, we'll uh, talk specifically about a couple of different ways. Now, here's the first way you can talk to God. With a gut-level honesty. With gut-level honesty. When I first became a pastor at the age of 22, uh, I would go to eat with pastors all the time and uh, many of these pastors uh, became good friends of mine. I liked them a lot. And it, I'd walk up to them like, hey, how you doing, Neil? And he's like, cool, man. How you doing, Chris? How's the family? You know, I heard you got married. How's that all going? Good, 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 good. Hey, you're a runner, right, Lowry? Yeah, yeah, I'm a runner too. Oh, cool, man. Dude, man, that's awesome. I love that. And then all of a sudden you'd go out to lunch with them and they'd be like, hey, man, now let me say the prayer first. And then all of a sudden they'd go like this. Oh, Lord, God of all things, creator of heaven and earth, we pray for this food right now in Jesus' name. They'd pray like that, and I'd be like, what just happened to that person? And then their prayer would be done, and then they would be like, hey, dude, can you pass the pepper? You know? Like, what's up with that? And sometimes people almost make a show of praying. I mean, sometimes people are like, they'll pray to other people just like I'm talking to you right now, but then they'll get ready to pray to God and they talk differently and they'll want to make a show of it. And God, I think, looks from heaven sometimes and it's kind of like, 
What's up with that? I mean, just imagine my two little girls, every time that they wanted to have a relationship with me, they would come up and stand right in front of me, and they would go, Oh, grand, omnipotent father of this household, we beseech thee right now. You know what I'd say to that? I'd be like, have you been in your mother's wine? You know? I might pay for that one later. Anyway, let's move on. But this is the truth about my girls. When they want to get close to me, when they want to connect with me in a special way, Jordan's not a front hugger, so she'll never come up to you to do this. She isn't that way. But this is what she does. This is me. She scoots back. She scoots back. And she wants her dad to go up and to have her sit on my lap. Now, Shiloh, she loves all over. It doesn't matter. But more and more and more. But that's when we're the closest, when we have that. God, your heavenly father, this is the truth. He simply wants you to be authentic and be real with where he's at. In fact, Scripture is amazing to see how many different people are so real in their prayer life and talking with God. In fact, sometimes it's a little scary. It's like, man, they're, they're like giving him the business. Don't they realize he's God? Like, why are they being that direct? I just don't get it. One example of this is a guy by the name of, the, of Moses who was in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. And you can almost hear the sarcasm in his prayer that we're going to read here in a second. Uh, Moses gets called by God to go to the king of Egypt, a guy by the name of Pharaoh, and he's supposed to give him the message, you need to let the people go. Well, Pharaoh has these millions of slaves, uh, two million altogether, that are, are there, and he's like, I'm not going to let my slaves go. And uh, so he makes it harder on the slaves, and he makes their jobs harder, and the slaves start getting mad, and Moses is feeling all this, and in Exodus chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, Moses cries out to God in a prayer. Oh Lord, why have you brought trouble upon the people? Is that why you sent me? I mean, you can just hear his honesty, his frustration, his confusion, his doubt. And then he goes on to say, ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble upon his people. And you have not rescued your people at all. What can you do when you're praying to God? You should be honest. Now, you'll always want to be reverent. You'll always want to be able to pray to God in a worshipful kind of way. You'll want to be submissive. He is the God of all things. But the reality is, folks, that you can be very, very direct with God. He's big enough to handle it. He's not concerned about what you say or how you say it. He can handle all things. He's secure enough in his godness to do it. And so you can say, God, I just don't get it right now. I just don't get it. I just don't understand. I mean, I, I thought you wanted me to do this and this and this, and, and I keep on praying out to you, and, and, and this isn't happening. Is it you, God, or is it me? God, God, I don't even know how to pray for this particular situation right now. I mean, you just cry out, this is what I'm concerned about, this is what I'm angry about, this is what I'm upset about. Just pray with a gut level honesty. Now, the reality is, Jesus wants us to pray like that, and there was only two 
criticisms that he ever gave to people when it came to prayer. And the first one was that he didn't want people to be showy. And the second one was when people prayed that he was like, you shouldn't be inauthentic. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. In other words, these people were more concerned about what other people were thinking of their prayers rather than what God was thinking about their prayers. Jesus goes on to say, when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. In other words, folks, you do not have to be unnecessarily long in your prayer. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to say it a certain way. Just talk to God with a gut level honesty, just like you're talking to a close personal friend. So we talk to God that way. Another way that we need to talk with God is we need to learn to talk to God about everything that matters to us. We need to learn to talk to God about everything that matters to us. So let me ask you this morning. What matters to you? Talk to God about it. Whatever it is, talk to God. Scripture says this very clearly in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, which is in the New Testament. It says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about, what's the next word? What is it? Now, can you define everything for me? What is everything? What is it? I'm slow. Everything. Everything. The big things. The little things, the in-between things, anything, everything, pray to Him. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. In everything, we talk to God. Everything, whatever it is that is important to you, it is important to God. A few weeks ago, my wife Jennifer and our youngest daughter, Shiloh, were driving together in a car. And Jen's driving, and all of a sudden, from the back seat, Jennifer hears this out of Shiloh's mouth. Mommy, I feel like the fourth wheel in our family sometimes. I feel like the flat tire. Now, if you're a mom, and you're driving, and all of a sudden you hear that, you're like shocked. You're like, And so Jen goes ahead and says, Honey, that, that's not it at all. You're, you're important to us. You're precious to us. We, we love you. We, we care about you. You're, you're not the flat tire. You're not the fourth wheel. And then Jen went ahead and she talked to her a little bit more. And she said, Well, have you talked to Daddy about the way that you feel? And she said, Well, no, because Daddy has such a big job with the church. I don't want to bother him. And so Jen came and told me that story. And I was just so overwhelmed by that. 
And so the next day, I go to Shiloh, and I say, Shiloh, you want to take a walk? Because that's how she and I connect the most. And so we start taking a walk, and I said, hey, Shy, I said, uh, Mommy said that you felt like the fourth wheel in our family, that you felt like a flat tire. She's like, yeah, Daddy, I do sometimes. And I stopped our walk, and I got on my knees, and I looked directly in her face. And I said, Shy, you're not the fourth wheel. You're not the flat tire. You're my most precious daughter who is treasured, and I love you. And I want you to know, whatever matters to you, whatever bothers you, it matters to me. Folks, every single one of you has a God in heaven who loves you. And whatever matters to you, it matters to him. Whatever matters to you matters to him. So if you're having a headache and you're plagued by headaches, talk to God about it. If you've worked 10 hours and you've been on your feet the whole time and your feet are hurting, you're like, man, my feet are hurting, talk to God about it. You get worried or you get concerned about a relationship, talk to God about it. You have a project at work and you're not sure what the next step is, talk to God about it. You have a child who's struggling in school, talk to God about it. You're driving to work and you see, you know, something happen, talk to God about it. Your boss is making a mess of the workplace, talk to God about it. Next week is Mother's Day. And you don't have a Mother's Day gift right now for your mom? Don't talk to God about it. Go get a second job, right? Like, you better have something. But here's the thing, folks. No matter what it is, talk to God about it. A while back, uh, the transmission in our Suburban uh, died. And it was 12 years old at that time, the car was. And so I was like, well, I don't know what I need to do, whether I should, you know, get the transmission fixed or if I should just go get a new vehicle. And so, you know what I did? I talked to God about it. I said, God, I need some help here. What I really need to know is kind of how much money I should spend. And I didn't hear, thus saith the Lord. There wasn't an audible kind of voice. But just in my spirit, when I was praying one day, I got this sense, $2,000. So if the transmission to get it fixed was more than that, I needed to get a new car. If it was less than that, then I should get the transmission fixed. So I took it to a shop and uh, got an estimate on what it was going to cost. And the estimate was $1,976. You know what I did? I bought a new car. I shouldn't be your pastor if I did that, okay? No, no, no. I went ahead and I got the transmission fixed. Now, three years later, I've had no car payments at all. And all is well with the transmission. Now, there's rust that's happening to the car. So if there's any bodywork people that want to take care of my rust, you know, uh, please let me know. But 
I talked to God about. And God helps with that. Folks, what matters to you matters to God. Scripture says this, cast all of your anxiety, cast all of your cares upon him because he cares for you. Some of you should cut that out and paste it on the dash of your car or on the mirror when you first get up. And every morning you begin by saying, I cast all my anxiety and my cares upon you because I know you care for me. So we talk openly and honestly. We talk about everything that matters to us. And then finally, we talk to God continually. We talk to God continually. Folks, uh, if some of you do this, I'm telling you, it's going to revolutionize your prayer life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this, Be joyful always. Pray how? How do you pray? How is it? Continually. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We are to pray continually. Now, to be honest, this is a growing area in my life. I do very well at getting up in the morning and selecting a particular time where I spend usually a half hour to an hour praying, reading the Bible, uh, listening to God's voice, doing all of that. But then once the day begins and tasks start coming in and there's different things I have to deal with, sometimes I don't pray continually. Now, my mom is totally the opposite. She wakes up in the morning and she immediately starts to pray. She goes and she gets her Satan serum, coffee, and uh, she drinks that and she starts to pray. She goes ahead and she sits down and she reads a little bit and she prays. She watches some television and she prays a lot. Uh, And then uh, she goes about her day and she just does that. And I remember as a kid she used to do this all the time. We would walk through our day, and she'd be praying about stuff, and then we'd get in the car, and we'd start driving. She's like, look, kids, look at this. You know, we should thank God for this. God, thank you for the sun. Thank you for the sky. Thank you for the birds, and all of that was really great. And then at the end, she would always say, and thank you for my beautiful baby boy, Chris. And I, you know, when I was a kid, I just loved that. I was like, hey, I'm really, like, important. Well, then all of a sudden, you know, you don't have your driver's license yet, and so your parents have to take you everywhere, but now you're a teenage boy. And my mom would get in the car, and she would start praying, and she'd be like, oh, you know, uh, thank you, God, for the sun, and thank you for the trees, and thank you for the clouds, and thank you for my beautiful boy, Chris. And in the back, you'd hear all the teenage boys going, don't let your mom say that. So I finally had to like set her aside and say, Mom, you can't pray for a beautiful baby boy anymore. You know, you just can't do that. But my mom is a, a prayer warrior. She prays constantly for my wife, for my kids. She prays for you guys. She prays for people in the church. And she still prays for a beautiful little baby boy. Over the past year, what I've been trying to work on is learning to pray continually. Smith Wigglesworth, who was a uh, British theologian uh, in the 19th century, said this, I never pray for more than 20 minutes, but I never go more than 20 minutes straight without praying. So I'm trying to work to pray continually. And so when I get up in the morning and I walk out, I start to pray. 
And uh, when I pull out of my neighborhood, I'm like, oh, God, be with Troy today. And, you know, God, be with Frank and uh, be with the Smiths, be, be with all of them. And when I try to get to work, then I start thinking about praying for different people that are uh, on staff. And, oh, uh, be with Emily, you know, she's having this new baby. And so make everything go well with her. And, you know, praying for Derek, who had finals this week, and just praying for different people that are in the office. And then when I go to Subway and I get my sandwich, I... I'm like, oh, God, be with everyone here, you know, and, and help them. And uh, then as my day goes on and I meet with different people and they're struggling with stuff, I, I pray for them. I, I thought of a family whose son just got uh, placed in jail and I just prayed for them. I, I, I sent them a little text. Uh, uh, someone in our church lost their mom uh, on Friday. And so I lifted up a prayer and just uh, thought about them a little bit. And just going through my everyday regular life, being able to pray for them. And one way that I try to focus on doing this is I take my cell phone and I set it on the hour so that I remember to thank God for the past hour he just got me through and to help me to honor him in the next hour, what, whatever that is. And this week I found an acronym um, that I thought was really cool and I just wanted to give it to you today when it talks about this sense of praying continually. And here it is. It, it's an acronym called PUSH, and this is what it stands for. Pray until something happens. You simply push through whatever it is, and you pray until something happens. You're persistently praying until something happens, until God changes the circumstances, or maybe God changes something in you. We choose to pray until something happens. So what is prayer? Prayer is simply communicating with God. And how do we talk to God? With a gut level honesty, with a sense of everything that matters to you matters to Him, and that we pray continually. And then finally, as we talk to Him, then finally we stop and we listen for His response. We listen for his response. Prayer is talking to God and then listening to his response. Imagine in my marriage to my wife Jennifer if our relationship was just a one-way conversation. That all the time I was just talking to her and I would say, here's what I want you to do. And then I would tell her, this is what I want you to do. But I never listened to her. Hey, I need you to make some breakfast. Hey, I need you to uh, bring something to the office. Hey, I need you to be able to go get the oil changed. Hey, you sweet little thing, come over here and give me a little smoochy smoochy. You know what she'd say? Smooch yourself. (laughs) Why? Because that's not a relationship. That's a one-way conversation. That is not a two-way communication. Why do you think God would be any different? God wants to hear from you, but He wants you to hear from Him. So, how does God speak? Well, He speaks in all sorts of ways. What do I need to hear like His booming voice to really know it's from God? Well, quite honestly, folks, he typically doesn't talk that way. There's a guy in the Bible by the name of Elijah, 
who was a pastor, a prophet. And uh, one time God spoke to him. And the scripture says this, that clearly there was a wind that was in the mountains and it shattered the rocks. But God was not in the wind. And then there's this earthquake, this huge earthquake, and everybody would have believed that's got to be God. But God wasn't in the earthquake. Then there is this blazing fire, and you're like, well, God's got to be in the fire. But he wasn't. And yet God did reveal himself. In Second Kings, or in First Kings 19, it says this. And after the fire came a what? What's it say? A gentle wind. And that's how God spoke. Folks, my entire life, I've only heard God audibly speak two times. But I have heard whispers throughout my life. Whispers are so important to me. Now maybe God speaks to you in your prayer. He, we know that he always speaks through his word. That's why you should read the Bible. Like, if you're not reading the Bible, that's one way that you can always know that God speaks. You don't have to read a lot. We have reading plans over at the Connections table that you can get. But you get in a plan, and you read, and you allow him to speak to you. God speaks through other people, godly people that are around you. God speaks through circumstances. Sometimes God does speak audibly. But many times, if we choose to listen to his voice enough through the Holy Spirit, we receive a whisper. Now, I've taught on prayer this entire time. I've talked about prayer. But it wouldn't make much sense if we talked about something, we taught on it, but then we never did it. So I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to have a moment of prayer. And I'm going to teach you an ancient Christian technique of prayer. And it's going to be okay, so don't freak out. It's all good. God's in control. Everything's good. And uh, this is what I'd like you to do. First of all, I'd like you to kind of sit up a little bit, if you can, as long as you can be comfortable. Just sit up. And what I'd like you to do then is to, uh, this is called palms up, palms down. It's an ancient technique. And what I basically want you to do is to take your hands and to place them right uh, above your knees and to put them right there, palms down. And the technique basically is, and I use it often, is I push down on my hands any anxieties or concerns or fears that I have right now. So if I'm there and I'm like, God, I'm really anxious about this or I'm concerned about that or I'm worried about that, I'll just push that down. So God, I'm concerned about bills right now. I'm worried about a relationship in my family. I'm pushing down. I'm pushing that away, God. I don't want to think about that right now. I want to hear from you. And so I push that down. And then once I finally push those things out of my head, out of my mind, then all of a sudden I say, God, now I'm available. I'm ready to receive from you. And I'll put my palms up like this on my knees. And I'll say, God, I'm ready to receive. I'm available to hear from you. Now the problem is, I'm not real good at this. 
So I'll do this for a while, and then all of a sudden I'll go, man, I'm hungry. I wonder what's, what we're going to have for lunch. And then I'll start thinking, man, God, I don't know if the Colts drafted the right people. Um, really worried about that. And so in the midst of that, what I'll do at that point, I'll just put my hands back down because I'm not thinking about God. I'm thinking about other stuff. So I'll put my hands back down, and I push it away, and I'll be like, God, I don't care what I'm going to eat today for lunch because I know you're going to provide, and I'm not the GM of the cold, so God, I'm just going to let that go to you. And God, uh, anything else, I just want to remove that. And now, God, I really want to be open to you. I'm available to you. And once my mind gets cleared enough again, I just put my palms up like that. And so Derek's going to play some acoustic music. And uh, the thing is, if you listen to even a Christian song, you'll start thinking about the words of that song. And you want your brain to be totally open to God and not to anything else. And so if you do this later this week, I would encourage you, just pick something that you don't know the words to, and we'll start. So right now what I'd like to do, I just want to give you a moment, if you would, to close your eyes, to put your hands on palms down, and uh, just to open yourself up to God. And when all of the thoughts are out of your mind and you're open to receiving and to be available to him, that you'd put your palms up. And if something comes in, put them back down and push that away until you open yourself up. So let's take a moment right now to do that and let me just open us in a short one-sentence prayer. God, we come to you right now and we know that you are present always. But right now, God, we give you a space in this place, and we long to hear from you.
if you would, you can just kind of come out of that. That was two minutes. And this is what I want you to know. The world that you live in wants to prevent you from doing that. For some of you, that's the most quiet that you've had with God in a very long time. But this week, I really want to strongly encourage you to try that palms up, palms down. Allow that to to work. And if you're like, I hate it, then at least try it one more time. And allow God to speak in the midst of that. Let's close in prayer. God, we uh, thank you so much for the gentle whispers that come into our lives. That God, many times it's not the earthquake or the wind or the fire, but it's just a gentle whisper that comes to us. I have a feeling for some people here today, God, that as they were praying, that they may have felt a whisper that it's time, like I I need God in my life. Or maybe I've been drifting away from God and I just haven't connected with Him and I didn't even know what to do, but, but I want that kind of peace. I want that sense of His presence. And maybe you've prayed many times before for certain things, And God loves to give his kids gifts and to provide for them. But maybe today he's asking you, what I really want is I want your life, your very life. And so today maybe you're ready to say, Jesus, I want your forgiveness. I want all of my sins forgiven. Because of what you did on the cross, I no longer have to carry those. I need your presence. I need your gentle whispers. Jesus, I want you to be first in my life. I want you to be Lord. I want to give my very life to you. And so today, if you're ready to receive God's forgiveness in your life and to say, I want him to be Lord as much as I know him right now, I want to give my life to him. I invite you to repeat this prayer after me and Here at the jar, we never pray alone. We always pray in unison. But for some of you, this might be the first time where you're drifting back to him and saying, I really want you to be at the center of my life again. And so just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's give a hand to everybody who said that. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Emily, and um, if you prayed that prayer with Chris today for the first time, or maybe you prayed it like it was the first time again for you, 
um, we just want to be there to support you and to encourage you in that. And so um, back in that back corner, Chuck is standing there, and he would love to give you a, a gift to just kind of remember this day and a Bible if you don't have one um, and just kind of welcome you and encourage you um, in that way. And so um, Chris had mentioned in, uh, this card earlier today. This is called a Connect card, and this is just a way for us to get to know you a little bit better. So whether you are brand new today or you've been coming for a while, um, we'd love for you to fill this out. Um, and then on the back side of it, there's a little uh, check box that if you did pray that um, prayer with Chris today, you can check that box that says, um, I accepted Christ today um, so that we can also be able to follow up with you um, and encourage you in that. So. Um, you can also fill this card out on our app. If you don't have the JAR app, make sure you get on the Play Store or the App Store or download that. There's all kinds of cool things you can do um, on the JAR app. And um, at this time, we are going to uh, receive an offering. And um, your Connect card, you can just drop right into the offering um, when those bags come around. So if I could have the greeters come forward. And if you are new here, we don't want you to feel any kind of pressure to give. Um, we're more concerned about getting to know who you are. Um, but if the jar is your church home, we encourage you to just um, give generously as God leads you to um, and just in a, in a grateful way. So if you would please pray with me. Um, God, I thank you so much that you've given us the ability and the opportunity to give. Um, I pray that as we give today, that you would lead us in what we should do, um, that you would use what we give to be able to reach our community and love people into a relationship with you. And so help us to do it with just a, a happy and a generous heart today. Amen. Well, um, if you are new here, maybe for the first time or you've been coming for a couple weeks, we would love for you to stop by our guest connection table. And it's right over there where Sarah is waving. And um, she has a free gift for you and can just make you feel welcome and answer any questions that you might have. Um, and so something cool that I want to tell you about, we, one of the things at the JAR that we really love to do is just love on our community and just do little practical things, acts of kindness, um, so we can show them God's love. And so one way we do that is with something called Serve Fest. And um, our next Serve Fest is going to be um, this Saturday, May 12th at 10 a.m. And so um, what we do is we just meet here at the Y, and then we go out in the community. We go to the bus station and hand out newspapers and coffee or go to the mall and give cookies out to the employees and just, just a, a, a way to show God's love with no strings attached. So um, if you want to be a part of that, you can sign up on the app or over here at the resource table. It's really fun. It's only about an hour. Your kids can come. It's a really cool thing. And um, also, if you are new here, we would love for you to um, join us in two weeks on May 20th for something we call First Step with Chris. And um, this is just a time where you can come have lunch with, um, I'll be there, and um, Pastor Chris will be there, and just kind of get to know us better, and we can get to know you, and it's just a fun time. Um, it lasts for about an hour till 1 o'clock. We have lunch. We have child care. Um, it's just a way for you to kind of get to know some more new people at the JAR and um, just answer, ask questions. Maybe you're wondering what the JAR is all about or how it got started or you want to know more about Chris or anything like that. Um, First Step with Chris is a great way for you to do that. Well, um, we, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward. And today, if there's anything in your life that you'd like some prayer for, you are welcome to come on up and, and have someone pray with you about that. So, again, uh, we talked about prayer today, and if you need prayer for anything, um, these folks would love to pray with you, and so just come up here uh, and to uh, receive uh, some prayer that way. Um, 
You know, the truth is, is that prayer is simply a conversation, uh, communicating with God. And uh, you have this week to be able to share God's love uh, in some practical ways. And you'll do that more if you're able to pray. So let's stand for our closing. Do this. Honor God this week by praying with gut-level honesty. Whatever's important to you, it's important to God. Pray continually. And then respond some time to listen to Him. And if palms up, palms down helps you this week, uh, I hope you'll utilize it. Hey, if you could help us with teardown, that would be great. Pick up your chair, go that way, help with anything else. Otherwise, have a great week. Know that you're loved in this place.